I'm Tavis Smiley, and that's the DJ Kid Capri, Miami award-winning hip-hop DJ and producer, joins us now for a conversation as we continue to celebrate hip-hop's 50th anniversary and the genre's immense contributions to the music industry. What you're hearing is uh, Kid Capri at BET Awards uh, and their recent 50th anniversary tribute to the genre. Uh, Capri, good to have you on, man. How are you, sir? I'm great, brother. How you doing, man? Good to hear you from me. Good to hear your voice, man. I'm doing well. Uh, if I complained, I'd be an ingrate. So I'm just uh, glad to be here and glad to be in conversation with you. Uh, while we're playing some of that, uh, what was that What was that experience like, man, being there for this big tribute for hip-hop 50 years later on BET? Uh, man, it was incredible, man, to do. Um, it was stressful in, in, in the behind-the-scenes getting it all together. It was a big, big production. But after we got it off, it was beautiful to see what it's done and the mark I hit, especially the mark of, you know, trying to separate, to get rid of the separation between the old and the young generation, make sure that everybody could party together and enjoy each other. And I, I guess I, I really think we hit that mark. Yeah. But more than that, it was just a, a great celebration, man. You know, being the dude that, that grew up with hip-hop in the, in the early stages when I was a young boy, eight years old, they told us that this wasn't going to be around long. It was going to be it's noise. It wasn't going to... Uh, Last and all these different things, and fifty years later, I'm over here on the Tyler Smiley show talking about it. <laughs> what 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 do you make what what do you make of the fact that that it has lasted? Is and as I say all the time, not just lasted, it's hegemonic. I mean, all around the world, uh, you can't go anywhere. And I've been a few places around the world, and everywhere you go, there's hip hop. So it, it's not just that it lasted; it's that everybody around the world picked up on it and 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 took it to another level in their own uh, communities, in their own uh, countries, uh, in their own hoods, as it were. What what do you make of why, in fact, it has endured for half a century? Because it's the voice of the street. Hip-hop was created because inner-city kids didn't have no other voice. And when you back somebody into a wall, they're going to create something to be heard. And rap music was the way for them to be heard. So now you have kids all over the world for all these years that want to be heard. And now you have an internet where anybody that probably never had no kind of uh, artist development or don't know anything about music business, they could pick up a computer and say what they want to say and make a record and put it out and, you know, and put on it what they want to, what, what, how they, however they feel. Yeah. So it grew so big. You know, everybody can't be a country singer. Everybody can't be a reggae artist. Everybody can't be an a R&B singer. But you could be a rapper and say what you have to say, good or bad. You know, so it gave a voice to the street. To the, to the to the people in the street that didn't have a voice before, and that's why it's so infectious, yeah. and why it grew so much. And everything comes to hip hop, classical, reggae music, uh, uh, Latino music. Everything comes to hip hop. It's almost like a hub for everything because you can make hip hop with any kind of music, and that's why it's so infectious. Over the last half century, uh, DJs have come and gone. Uh, they've come and gone. And and you have endured. Let me let me just ask you. I'm, 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 seriously, set your modesty aside just for a second. Set your modesty aside, and tell me how you became that guy. Well, it was me that that made the DJ become be looked at as an artist. Mm-hmm. When DJs was being looked at as somebody just playing records, you know, they the bottom of the tolling pole. You know, hip hop started with the DJ, but when the records, when the rap records came about, the MC became the front man, and the DJ got brushed away. I became a one man band, and I wanted to be looked at as an artist. When you put me on stage with somebody that has a, tri- a triple platinum album. I want to get on stage and try to do as good or better than that artist and give him hell on that stage. Mm-hmm. And 
I had to I had to be good in order to demand the money that I want and the respect that I want. But at the same time, I also had to fight for the position of the DJ because as long as far as we came all the way up to today, they still give that 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 uh they don't give it the way they're supposed to give it for the DJ. But all this time I fought as an artist. So when I get on stage, I give the best I can give. Anything I try to do, I put an album out last year called The Love. I mm-hmm. rhyme on the whole album. I produced on the whole album. And, you know, I always try to give A quality. And I never take no for an answer. Never let nobody tell me when to come and go. And I try to stay on top of everything I'm supposed to stay on top of and treat everybody fairly with respect because it's more than the, more than the talent. It's about how you treat people. It's about relationships. It's about when you go to these crowds and you play for in front of these play in front of these places and they pay to come to see you. What are you going to give them? They got to get dressed. They got to drive there. They got to mm-hmm. get in. They got to buy drinks. They do that because you're there. So you need to give them the best that you can give them. It, you know, and um, that's what a lot of artists sometimes when they make it, they forget that factor. We're not doing them a favor. They're doing us one by keeping the lights on. Yeah. So I always try to give them the best I can, and that's how I stay relevant. We'll talk about the love, uh, your album, uh, uh, in, 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 later in this conversation. But let me let me stay on this for a second, uh, talking about your influence and how you became that guy. Uh, I've been hearing about this. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it when it when it, when it drops. Um, there's an upcoming Paramount Plus documentary called Mixtape. Uh, again, it's Paramount Plus. Uh, hasn't dropped yet, but it's coming up. It's called Mixtape. And I'm told that in the piece, um, the Kid Capri gets the love that he has uh, earned and, and deserves. But tell me about um, your influence on mixtapes over these years. Well, that's what happened. I, I, I had got big because I sat on a street corner making these mixtapes and, and selling them on the street corner. And every car People would come up and ask me, why would I buy a $20 mixtape from you? Who are you? I said, take my car, my tape, put it in your car, listen to the intro, and I guarantee you won't come and buy everything I have over here. And that's what they would do. They would come and buy all my tapes until my tapes was in every car driving in the street. Uh, next thing you know, um, my shows have been, my parties have became A1. And then next thing you know, Russell Simmons, seeing how hot I got with the mixtapes, how I was doing on the radio, how I was doing in the shows. And he said, yo, what do you think about being a DJ on a comedy show called Death Comedy Jam? Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it at first. And it didn't make sense to me, but I was like, yo, this is Russell's HBO, go ahead and do it. We did it, and it changed my whole life, man. It, it put me in the living rooms of people that didn't care about a DJ or didn't really know what a DJ was about. They put me in their living rooms, and then they put me in their concert halls when they came to see the tour. So they got a full understanding of what a, a DJ really is about. It's not about just playing music. So that show was definitely a springboard mm. for a lot of things that happened in my career, but it was the mixtape that got me that attention because never before, you know, uh, there was Brucey B and Chief Rock and Star Chat in Hollywood and, you know, all these dudes that was making mixes for the state and the, and the city. When I did it, it went all over the world. So it became a real phenomenon. Yep. Um, just getting started, really. Uh, actually, that's not true. I'm halfway through, but I feel like I'm just getting started because there's so much more uh, to talk to the DJ uh, Kid Capri about when we come forward. Um, there has only been one hip-hop album ever to win a Pulitzer Prize. You know whose it was, Kendrick Lamar, uh, but uh, Capri narrated it. We'll talk about that experience. We'll talk about The Love, his first album in 24 years, which dropped last year, that he referenced moments ago. And I already mentioned, uh, we've started, of course, with some sound from the BET Awards and their recent 50th anniversary tribute to hip-hop. That was then. What's coming up is Hip-Hop 50 
at Yankee Stadium on August the 11th. We'll talk about that. So, again, more to talk about with the DJ Kid Capri when we come forward on KBLA Talk. Capri, you've done you've done so much uh, so much in your in your career. Uh, we were talking earlier. You were talking earlier about uh, Def Comedy Jam and and uh, Russell Simmons and how that put you out there and just sort of transformed your whole life. Um, but you also had a chance uh, years later <laughs> to work with Kendrick, and many think Kendrick is already the goat, even at this point in his career. What was that experience mm-hmm. like? It was incredible to get that call first of all. But when we sat in the studio. And we and we you know we were chopping it up and I asked him I said you know Kendrick I was like you know there's other DJs that you know are legendary DJs that you could have went and got like Battle Cat from the West Coast and DJ Pooh and you know he was like yo man those are my brothers I love them they're legends but I know what you did for the music business as a whole for DJs as a whole you changed the game in music but you did made the whole direction go different everybody followed what you done. So I wanted the album to be authentic. I wanted you to be on it because, first of all, it brings you to a whole other generation, right? And you deserve it. And this dude put me on this album, and this album wins the Pulitzer Award, the only hip-hop album in history. This guy put me in, put my voice in countries I've never even been to before. You know what I'm saying? I'm very grateful. I wish we could have did more as far as, like, going on tour together and, and, you know, it would have been really, he didn't need me, of course, he's mm-hmm. electric, but it would have been that much more electric if we were together to be on tour and get some more things. But just being on the album and having that history, it being what it is, is more than enough, way past my expectation of what it was going to be. And I'm grateful, and I will always be grateful for that. So shout to Kendrick Lamar, and I wish him great success. And it's been in his forthcoming endeavors. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask a question. I, I, I sort of asked this earlier, but I want to put a finer point on it now because it, as you're talking, it just sort of hit me that you have literally gone from Russell Simmons to Kendrick Lamar. That's a lot of ground, Capri. Man, I went from Russell Simmons to the BET Awards and giving them the biggest award-rated show in BET history. This is what I did. No host. I was the host of the BET Awards, the DJ and the performer, and curated all of the groups, all of the, the segments that you've seen, from the Sugar Hill Gang all the way to Swag Surf. Mm-hmm. I curated each one of those, edited down all the music, and did. And, and the most important thing was I did this all live and had one mistake happen, like a record with a skit, or anything, or to do the dances off, everything would have been thrown off. This was done live. So after the last segment of Swag Surf was over, I dropped to my knees because it was that much stress on me about me wanting it be, everything to be perfect. And it came out exactly how I wanted it, and it became the number one rated show since they had award shows on BET. And I'm very appreciative, and a big shout to Jesse Collins for even sticking his neck out <laughs> to even let me do that. Because that was a big, big, big thing for him to do for me, no, I mean, and he let me do it. No, it, it got it got a lot of love. Of course, everybody watched it, and those who didn't see it saw all the clips from it. So he got a lot of love, and still getting love. Um, so uh, yeah. big, big, big ups on that. You mentioned you mentioned your album, The Love, which uh, which uh, dropped last year, but it was the first album in twenty four years. I, I I could I could tease you and say, what were you doing for? For, for over two decades, but I know what you were doing because I've seen you do it in places all across the country. Uh, but 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 why is the question I should ask? After twenty four years, go back and do the love. Well, 
My last, um, my album twenty four. My well, let me go back. My first album, the tape. Mm-hmm. I rhymed on my first album, the tape, the whole album. That was the album that Biz Markie, God bless, got uh, got me that deal. Mm-hmm. My next album I did was Soundtrack to the Streets, where I had Jay Z and Nas, and there was the first album of its kind before Khaled or Clue, or anyone of a DJ making a produced album. I produced the whole album and I put them all on. It was the very first album of its kind. But it, there was a distance between my first album and my second album because making records never been my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Just like my last album was 24 years ago to, to The Love. It never been my bread and butter. I never had to depend on making records. My last album made me feel like it's not something I want to do because of all the clearances I had to do to make that type of album. So when I made The Love, this this album, I didn't ask no mainstream artists to get on it. I produced the whole album. I rhymed on the whole album. I did all the hooks. I asked my daughter to get on it. I asked the reggae artist, legendary Mr. Lex, to get on it. And I asked the R&B artist named Lavelle to get on it. And that's it. And it came out perfect. Um, I, I sat in a pandemic. It was the first time I had a chance to sit down and do nothing. Yeah. I've been on the road from 88 to the pandemic. So I sat down. I started my clothing line. We started the real estate company. We started this album. I did four other albums that I worked on. And I just wanted to do something different. And the love came out. I made it in six months, six, mm-hmm. seven months. I was done. And um, the first song, Slap Key, when I put Slap Key out, I wanted to see the response to that because if the response wasn't good, the album would have never seen the light of day because I'm not known for rhyming, because I didn't have an album out for 24 years, mm-hmm. because the music business changed different. So I didn't know how it was going to work. But when I seen the response, that's what made me put the album out and it was an overwhelming response. It went way past my expectations, to tell you the truth. Um, it's an incredible album. My mother's on the front cover with the big afro. My daughter's <laughs> on, the, on the record. So it has so many layers to it, man. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful thing, man. When we come forward in our remaining moments with uh, Kid Capri, uh, we'll talk about uh, this upcoming date uh, in Yankee Stadium. Hip Hop 50 concert at Yankee Stadium August the 11th. You know that's going to be huge. The BT Wars was big, but this thing at Yankee Stadium is going to be massive. We'll talk about that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Continue now with DJ Kid Capri in these last few minutes. Um, so I mentioned this uh, concert at Yankee Stadium on August the 11th, Hip Hop 50. So we saw what you did at the BET Awards. Uh, what's this concert look like at, at Yankee Stadium? Man, it's going to be a straight Kid Capri party. But let me say this before I go there. This is the second time I'm going to be doing Yankee Stadium. The first time I did Yankee Stadium was when Nelson Mandela came out of jail mm. and it had celebration for him at Yankee Stadium. It was me, KRS One, Oprah Winfrey, mm-hmm. Harry Belafonte, rest in peace, Tracy Chapman, everybody was there and I was a part of that. So now to come back to my hometown, the Boogie Down Bronx, back to Yankee Stadium again for this event with the Bronx Bombers, Fat Joe and Ace Boogie is gonna be really crazy. I'm just gonna give them a kick and pre party like they know I'm gonna do um in a in a, in a real hip hop fifty celebration way. But it's gonna be so many artists on there that it's going to be moving constantly. It's going to be a constant thing back to back to back. You got Ice Cube, you got Snoop Dogg, you got Run DMC. You know, it's going to be just too much. So I'm glad to be a part of it, man. No, it's going to be a big deal, man. Um, I'm laughing because um, I do this program for three hours, uh, Capri, every day, and I never know how the dots are going to connect. So you'll, you'll appreciate this. So here you are, my last conversation of today's three-hour program, which ends in 90 seconds. I started today's program talking about Nelson Mandela. 
Why? Because today is Mandela Day. Today is International Nelson Mandela Day. So in this country and all around the world, we're celebrating the life and legacy of Mandela. You didn't know that. I didn't know that you were going to mention Mandela. So I started literally three hours ago talking about Mandela. Here you come closing out the show today talking about your first time playing Yankee Stadium uh, with Mandela when he came to this country, which I remember very well. I met him on that trip uh, with Mr. Belafonte here in Los Angeles. So the show has come full circle. And speaking of full circle, how long How long can a brother DJ? Can you do this until your 90s? Hey, man, I'm not a sports guy. I'm not getting beat for my body box. <laughs> you know, I have to play ball or football. I can play music until it, until it drops, man. You know, that's the great thing about music is forever. James Brown did it you with this cast. Man. Yeah, so, man. Hey, man, God want me here to do it. He's keeping me here to do it. And I'm going to do it as long as he want me to be here to do it. And same thing with you, man. God, congratulations. Uh, congratulations on everything you've done, man. I'm so proud of you. You represent us very well. You represent what you do very well. And I want you to keep going, man. No, nah, love. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you. And let me close by again just congratulating you. It's been um, 50 years of hip-hop, but it is impossible uh, to talk about a half century of hip hop uh, without talking about the DJs who made that possible, and chief among them at the top of the hill is the DJ Kid Capri. Uh, Capri, good to have you on, man. All the best. You have a great time uh, at Yankee Stadium on August 11th. I know that's going to be a fire show, but thanks for taking time to talk to us today. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. Anytime. Thank you. Stay strong. Just like that, three hours gone. Uh, back here tomorrow morning, uh, Lord willing to do it all over again. Until then, time to make room now. For the KBLA Midday Money Chain, up next to Millionaire's Roundtable with Lynn Richardson to be followed by Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Anaji Roberts, Old Money, New Money. Either way, we got you covered here on KBLA Talk.